Amen. As you make your way back to your seats tonight, we'll be in the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Tonight we'll be doing a good bit of reading. There's nothing wrong reading God's Word, amen, uh, especially in His house. Uh, so we'll begin our reading in verse number 1. Verse number 1, the Bible says, We then, as workers together with Him, him being Christ, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in a day of salvation that I have secure, succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Give no giving no offense in anything that the that the ministry be not blamed but in all things approving our approving ourselves as the ministers of God in so much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses and stripes and imprisonment and in have somebody help me with that word there I meant to look it up Tumults. Does that sound right? In labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by loving unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor Yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing all things. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is, is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. So the last verse there, um, the third from the last word, um, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open and our heart is enlarged. Tonight, I'd like to talk about Paul's sincere heart about ministry. Paul's sincere heart about ministry. Uh, number one, we see in verses 1 and 2, we see Paul's appeal to the lost in the church. Paul's appeal to the lost in the church. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. Uh, 
Uh, that beseech, that beseech is asking someone uh, urgently or fervently to do something or to implore them to do something. So they, their Paul's sincereness is, is very, very urgent, very sincere. Uh, it says that you receive not the grace of God in vain, uh, vain being empty, uh, not of truth is what that is meaning. Uh, mean having a holding a false profession, in other words, in in uh, in southern slang, I guess if you will, having a false profession, not being truly born again, uh, you know, having your name on the church roll and truly not saved. He's beseeching and reaching out to these members that are in the church, and this is what he's saying. Verse number two. This is what he says. He says. For he, <coughs> excuse me, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Urging and pleading with these members of the church that are not saved, that are just sitting in the church, uh, urging them, today is the salvation. You can no longer put this off. Please do not put this off because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Uh, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Uh, if you are here tonight and you uh, are not a born-again believer, uh, today is the day of salvation. There is no other day other than today. Tomorrow is not promised. If uh, there was one writer I read, he, he dealt with a woman concerning her salvation, and she kept on pushing it off and kept on pushing it off. Well, he said, well, let me tell you this. Uh, would you sign a document saying that you'll push it off for a year? You know, it, no, she was uneasy about that. No, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sign that. Or what, or what about 90 days? Or what about 30 days? You know, she wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't going to wait that long. She was just, just a little bit longer. We're only promised today. Today is the day of salvation. There's no telling what can happen in the next moments. Please do not uh, push off your eternity. Please do not push off your eternity. This is what Paul is, is trying to convey. You know, God has dealt with these people's heart already. There in the verse number 2 it says, And in the day of salvation have succored thee. And so that, I, had to, I had to figure out how to pronounce that, so I had to, I had to look that up, okay? Because uh, we had a joke on graduation day, sitting out there finna get our diplomas. We was lucky to graduate, okay? So I had to, I had to figure out uh, how, how this was said, but what that is meaning, that sucker there is, is, is a help. I've helped you uh, in the day of salvation. He says, I've helped thee. So he's made them understand and brought them to the realization that they are lost and they do stand in need of Christ. So God has already dealt with their hearts. The day is the day of salvation. Um, Paul's appeal to the lost. Number two, we see in, the, in the, what we've read, uh, Paul's self-observation in his ministry. Paul's self-observation in ministry. Uh, I didn't uh, have time to try to look up and alliterate this, 
this uh, this sermon or this outline. Um, you know, to the guys that do that and will not preach a sermon unless it's alliterated, kudos to them. I can't do it. I, I'm just plain and simple, and I have to have to write down what what I see. So Paul's self observation, uh, verses three through eleven, and this is where we'll camp out uh, for a while tonight. Verse number three. It says, giving no offense in anything, but that the ministry be not blamed. Uh, Paul wants to be a Christ-like example in his ministry. Why does he want to be a Christ-like example? It gives us the reason why. It says that the ministry be not blamed. He doesn't want to be a stumbling block, if you will, with his everyday life. And how he conducts himself. He don't want to be a stumbling block to be the reason somebody does not come to Christ. Well, if that's a truly a Christian, I don't want no part of it. You know, this is, Paul was very, very uh, serious about this. Um, flip over to Romans chapter 14. We're going to use our Bible just a little bit, not much tonight. That's okay. Romans chapter 14 and we'll read several verses, so bear with me. Romans chapter 14, <clears throat> beginning in verse 6 is where we'll start. It says, He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, uh, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not... To the Lord he eateth not, and giveth uh, God thanks. So just, just bear with me. We're going to get to my point. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Continue in verse 9, it says... For to this end Christ, Christ both died and rose and revived, uh, that he might be Lord both of, dead, of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set and naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Verse number 13 is where my point is. Let us therefore judge, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Here it is. But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. How we live in our everyday lives. This is what Paul is talking about. He wants to find himself right in God and in Christ. That he does not cause to be a stumbling block before others. You and I should conduct ourselves in our everyday lives in the same exact manner. There's no telling who is watching us. Let me tell you. There's no telling who's watching us because there's a, a camera on every phone. And just about everybody in the building, maybe even 12 and 11-year-olds, have phones this evening. So everybody's going to capture it. 
That way they can pass it around and they can see it. And in the age of social media, you can be posted on anything at any time. So we ought to be careful where we find ourselves and how we are conducting ourselves for the sake of Christ. We should not be a stumbling block to those uh, that are watching under our lives. Even on down through verse 21 uh, in that same chapter of chapter 14. Let me, let me just continue reading in verse 14. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not uh, charitably, destroy not him with thy meat uh, for whom Christ died. Let not then your, e- your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not uh, meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things uh, which for make peace and things therewith uh, one may edify another. It says, For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure but it is it is excuse me but it is evil for that man who eateth uh, with offense it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak so we have to be careful how we conduct ourselves and how uh, we present ourselves to others around us Because ultimately, it could affect their choice in accepting Jesus Christ. So this this is what Paul is talking about here uh, in that verse number 3. So back to Romans, excuse me, back to 2 Corinthians chapter (coughs) 6. Paul continues in verse uh, number 4. It says, But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, uh, insomuch patience in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. So Paul here, in verses 4 through 5, is giving reminders. Paul is giving reminders is what he is doing. Uh, Some of these things Paul has went through in his ministry. So patience. What What is patience here? It's talking about not giving up and pressing on through. Uh, through difficult situations or difficult circumstances. The endurance of Paul throughout his life in the Bible is extremely amazing unto me and how he is still, uh, though he be put in prisons, and I'm trying not to get in my he- ahead of myself, uh, though he be done all these things to him, and he went through all these things in his life, he is still steadfast, he is still enduring for the cause of Christ. So the patience through difficult situations and difficult circumstances uh, there, and then continuing afflictions, trials that he faced under pressure. So those things that he went through uh, in his maybe everyday life that he had pressure uh, uh, about him, he was not a well-liked individual. By the rest of the world, he was not a well-liked individual at all. So the afflictions that he faced and the necessities, the hardships of everyday life. 
such as things that you know what necessities are in your life, uh, necessities uh, to provide for himself for that day, uh, knowing, not knowing where he's going to sleep, and different situations like that, uh, the necessities that he had to go through. And then we see distresses. Distresses those times in life where it seems we're in a corner and there's no way out. That distress. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to, if you ever tried to catch a chicken, tried to catch a cat, any kind of critter. You back them jokers in a corner, they finna come out fighting. And you can tell in the way they conduct themselves, they are stressed. They are stressed out and something is finna give. Okay? This is some of the things that he went through. He continues. Uh, flip over to 2 Corinthians talking about distresses and sufferings that Paul went through. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, uh, with all the saints that are, which are at, I'm sorry, which are in all, uh, somebody help me with that word. What's that name, man? Sounds good to me. Acania. Verse number two. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. And the God of all comfort. He is the God of all comfort. Amen. Verse number 4. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are, are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectually in, endure, in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Verse number 7 through 10 is where I want to make my point. And our hope is, I'm sorry, and our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of the trouble which we faced, uh, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Amen. Who delivereth us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust, that he will yet deliver us. So Paul's sufferings and things that he went through, uh, through this life, we also go through some of the same things. Uh, continuing... For the Lord. So Paul's sufferings and distresses in Asia. He continues uh, with. Let me flip back over here. 
So, but in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God, in so much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. Verse number five, he gets into um, Paul's sufferings from others while in ministry. So, Paul's suffering from others while in ministry, there in verse number five. It says, in stripes. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse number 23, <clears throat> it says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in laborers, more abundant in stripes above measures and in prisons, more frequently and thus often of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes, save one. So Paul here in chapter 11 is, is laying out and giving some of the things that he suffered through the ministry from, from others while in ministry. So he dealt with those stripes. Then he goes on back in our core text talking about imprisonments. There in verse number 23 of chapter 11, it talks about uh, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent. So he was in prison very often, uh, more often, obviously, than he had stripes. So he was in prison uh, many a times. Then he goes on back in our core text again in, ver in chapter 6. He talks about in uh, tumults. I may be saying that right. I may be saying that wrong. Uh, but what that is, I've looked up the definition, what that is is riots. Uh, large groups of people. And so he had to deal with these things. Uh, Paul is just giving these reminders of some sufferings he went through while in the ministry. Uh, and may I clarify, he's not doing this to bring uh, unwanted, he's not doing this to bring pity from others. He's not doing this to, to receive glory of himself. He's just reminding them some things that he has went through. Paul remained faithful throughout all of these. So those riots, again, he was not a well-liked individual at all. They wanted to see him dead. They wanted. They didn't want any more. Uh, they didn't want anyone else to follow after Christ, whom Paul was preaching about. They want. They didn't want any more of that. Then we continue and we see Paul's sacrifice for ministry. Says, <clears throat> verse number five in stripes, and imprisonments, and tumults, and then it says in labors, in watchings, and fastings. So there we see Paul kind of lays out his sacrifice or his self-sacrifice that he volunteers to the ministry. In labors, uh, Paul and his, what, what he's talking about there, I believe he's talking about his relentless pursuit to spread the gospel, to plant churches, and to select people and have the discernment to select those people out to be leaders in those churches. His, his labors, his watchings. Paul's, I believe Paul here is talking about his watchings, talking about his sleepless nights. Just think, again, I said he's not a well-liked individual. A very select few want to see him succeed. Very few is going to have refuge for him. 
He has those sleepless nights. Romans chapter 9, you don't have to turn there if you don't want, I will. Verse 1 through 3 says this, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. So that continual sorrow, and then verse number 3 says, for I, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. I believe Paul maybe stayed up at nights because of his loved ones, because of his people, because of those people that he loved, stayed up restlessly, thinking, what can I do, how can I do to reach them with the gospel? So watchings, we talked about labors, watchings, and then he goes on and says, in fastings. Uh, I kind of touched on this the last time that I preached uh, out of uh, Matthew chapter 6, I believe is what I preached out of last time, uh, filling in for Brother Jay. Uh, fastings, uh, going without food. Uh, putting his body in subjection to feed his spiritual needs. If you have ever tried to fast and done it in a spiritual manner, when your gut is starting to eat your backbone, and I mean literally that's what it feels like, all you can do is pray and drink water. And that you can't help but think of the spiritual needs and the spirit, or excuse me, the spiritual desire and how close, if you are doing that for the right reason, how close that will bring you to the Father. So in fasting, some things that Paul sacrificed uh, for the ministry. The next we see, and I'm trying to hurry. I got less than 10 minutes. We won't get through. So I'll have to find a stopping point. So, Verse number, verse number six. Verse number six. It says, uh, "By pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned." So, what I believe Paul is is laying out here when it starts talking. You see the the word repeating, "by, by, by." So, I believe Paul is talking about his ways or his tools. That he used in his ministry. Is what I believe he's talking about there. So he's talking about by pureness. Uh, Paul kept himself clean and pure. Now when I mean clean. I'm not talking about physically clean. Because you've seen that he was striped. And if you read on over in chapter 11. Let me just, let me just read. It says. Continuing in verse number 25. It says. Verse 24, let me start there. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. It says, thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and in painfulness, 
and watchings often, and hunger and thirst, and fastings often, and cold and in nakedness, and beside those things that are uh, without that which cometh upon me daily, the care uh, of all the churches. So Paul has laid out there all the things that he has gone through uh, for the name of Christ. So he kept himself pure and clean in a spiritual manner. In a spiritual manner. And what I mean by that, I believe if Paul committed a sin, he realized immediately, and I believe he got on his face before God and repented of that sin. Staying prayed up in our prayer life. Staying able, if you will, to witness to someone if the opportunity arises. Uh, some conducts and the way Paul conducted himself, and I'm going I'm to try to bring this to a close right now. Um, so if you don't get anything else from the night, I know I've said a lot in a short period of time. My main thing I want to emphasize is verse number three. My main thing I want to emphasize is verse number three. It says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Whether you know it or not, you have a ministry. You may not be a uh, God-called man to preach. You may not be called to teach a Sunday school. You not, may, may not be called to be a deacon of the church. But you have a ministry within yourself and in your life. It says, giving no offense in anything. You and I ought to be careful. You and I should be careful how we conduct ourselves. I'm reminded uh, of a story. Uh, a preacher and his son was out, uh, I believe it was out in front of the church or out in front of a gas station somewhere putting up a sign. And the preacher and his son were there digging those post holes. They've been there for, for a long period of time. And here comes the neighborhood nosy Nancy, or nosy Ned, if you will. This gentleman comes up and starts telling them how he would have done it, what he would have done. And the preacher's son is starting to get aggravated because the guy keeps going on and on and on about what he would do, should have done it this way, should have done it that way. The preacher never says anything. But the boy finally pipes up very angrily and very begrudgingly more or less tells him he can walk away or he can be carried away in an ambulance. And if I'm telling the story correctly, that man left under his own power. But the preacher was sitting there saying, this is a story about Brother Mark Thrift. He said, Mark, Mark, how are you going to witness to that man one day? You've lost all credibility. It's going to be extremely hard to win that man to the Lord. Although they've been out there digging them post holes. Although they were sweaty and they were tired and they were ready to be done. Same way with us in our life. We should be careful in the everyday struggles of life. All the distressing matters, the things that we suffer, 
you and I ought to be careful not to be a stumbling block. Because somebody is watching. Somebody is watching. Oh, there's not anything else. I'll be done. Any kind of announcements? How we conduct ourselves for the furtherance of the gospel. That's what we should be thinking about. How can I reach somebody with the gospel today? How do I conduct myself? How do you conduct yourself at the job site? How do you conduct yourself at school? How do you conduct yourself around your buddies? That's a lot of times where I fall. Just going to be honest with you. I have nothing more to say. Um, I want to ask Brother Jay, if you would, uh, close us in a word of prayer if there's nothing else.